You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bears Link podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Link, and we're going to be talking about the big win over the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, and also, as usual, we're going to be taking a look at the next game coming up with the Giants in New Jersey. Let's get it on. fans and welcome to episode seven of the bears link podcast as i mentioned in the opener uh i'm your host andrew link and with me as always is my brother kevin yellow so we are going to dive into chase daniel and the turkey day edition of bears football and also get you all primed up and ready for this week's jaunt against the Giants. So, you were practicing jaunt against the Giants. No, that just that just came right out. I wish that I practiced that sort of stuff, but uh, I didn't get time for that. But um, thoughts on on Chase Daniel and and the Bears on Thanksgiving. That was, uh, I mean, obviously we've talked about the turnaround three games vision games in 12 days 80 84 hours i think it was between um the end of the vikings game and kickoff for the lions game so obviously it was a difficult situation but uh thoughts on the game well matt Nagy uh, accomplished uh three wins three division wins in 12 days and i believe uh, that took john fox three years to do mm-hmm. so that's impressive mm-hmm Overall, I feel like the game, you know, pretty much played out exactly how I was kind of anticipating. It was, you know, kind of low scoring. Uh, Chase Daniel was competent. You know, he did his thing. He wasn't crappy. He, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was pretty good. And But I thought that overall what I took away from that game is that, <clears throat> like, I saw I, it made me miss Mitch Trubisky a little bit. You know, there was just some plays where I think Chase Daniel was sacked four times. Four times. And there were, in like almost every one of them, I was thinking, man, Trubisky would have escaped that. Trubisky would have got, you know, got the ball. He would have been running downfield right now. It just, you just saw that that gap. Like Chase Daniel's ceiling, it is only so high, you know, and he's only he can only do so much. So you kind of see the the limitations, but he plays really well, I think, within those limitations so he didn't take a lot of shots downfield i really don't really remember i think there was one early on that he took downfield that he missed but 
and he missed a Tariq Cohen touchdown pass uh, just barely earlier in the game, but he made most of his throws. He ended up with 106 passer rating. He had two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, and he even caught a pass. So all was well. Yeah, and I think that's mostly a testament to Matt Nagy in his his system. And and look, let's let's give Chase Daniel his his credit here because the guy obviously knows the system. He's been a backup quarterback for his entire career, and he continues to prepare like a starter and be ready in the event that that he needs to to play. Uh, he was prepared. I, I thought that while he didn't hit a lot of deeper throws he did hit his reads pretty quickly um uh, yeah obviously he's limited in comparison to mitch trubisky he missed a couple throws out there um but i i don't think that the the offense was super limited with him in there i do think that perhaps we see a little bit different stuff this week with you know two weeks to prepare for the giants you know in a manner of speaking um, knowing that Chase Daniel is going to be the the starting quarterback, so yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. But but yeah, I, I thought he played pretty well. I thought that the the Bears defense was maybe a little a little lethargic, a little tired, a little just off their game. Um, that's to be expected with that quick of a turnaround. I think that that happens, um, especially coming off of a, a, a big you know kind of emotional win against the Vikings, which is why a lot of people had bad feelings about that that Lions game. So, yeah, I mean, I, all things considered, I, I was pleased with the outcome. Um, I, I didn't really have thoughts on it positively or negatively either way heading yeah, into the it game. Was just, it was just kind of like a, a yeah, the whole just, thing. I don't have anything to say about it. It's like, let's I'm just happy with it. get it over with. Let's just rip the bandaid off and be done with it. Move so. on. Yeah, one thing, so. one thing I will say that I saw, and if you <clears throat> dissect and digest as much content as we do, you probably have seen some of this, some of these silly stats about Eddie Jackson that are just uh, awesome, really. Uh, where he has as many touchdowns as Julio Jones this year, he's leading the NFL in defensive touchdowns since 2015, but he's you know got drafted in 2017. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of fun things, and so once again. I feel like the best highlight of the game was the dancing. That was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, the dancing, um, that was pretty good. A little, little ode to Motown from uh, Prince of Mukamara. So, um, yeah, that was fun. I think that the Bears, hey, they're they're a fun team. They're having a lot of fun. They're, they're young. They seem like a very tight-knit group. I, I, I mean, this is... This is what we saw Ryan Pace building for several years here. And, yeah, we had to, to endure some bad football on the field. But I, you got the sense that in the locker room you were starting to build something. And you saw that there was a lot of young talent and some of it just needed to blossom, you know. And, and then you... you add Matt Nagy to that mix. You you get some some different guys in in there from uh an offensive perspective, some different minds and and hey look, I mean I mean Ryan Pace has got to be the front runner for for the executive of the year right now and I, I think he's done an, an excellent 
excellent job of putting this team together. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it, you don't build... <clears throat> the Bears might be set up in, like, the sweetest position, you know, for the next X amount of years, you know, as, as any other team in the NFL, when you just look at the age of the roster. I mean, it's crazy. Like, uh, what they always say, like, they don't have anyone... Uh, that's you know everyone's under thirty years old on this team, pretty much. Yeah, I actually think Chase Daniels is the only starter over over thirty on the whole team. So, so this is going to be around for for at least a few years. The, the thing in the NFL is it's it's pretty hard to sustain success for a really long time. You know, unless you're Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, but you know, or unless you have one of these you know quarterbacks that falls off this golden quarterback tree, but. So hopefully they're going to be around for, you know, three, four, five years, and it's going to be a really fun window of, of winning football and hopefully Super Bowls, or at least one. Yeah, it's it's very tough. It's very tough because once you start, look, you know, in a couple of years you're going to have... You're going to re-sign. You have to re-sign guys. You have to let guys go. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is is you're going to have you're gonna have to pay Trubisky at some point. I mean, assuming that he keeps ascending the way that he has. Um, you know, you're looking at 30 plus million a year for for him. Um, you're going to have Khalil Mack here, who's still going to be an integral part of this team and is still going to be in his prime. I would think pass rushers usually age pretty gracefully. Um, uh, so you know, you're paying him a lot of money. You know, and it, it, at some point, you're going to have other guys that you're going to have to to pay money to. I mean, Eddie Jackson is going to come around, and, and he's going to have his hand out in a couple years, and. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, it, it's coordinators always... take new jobs and stuff. I mean, there's all types of curses. Yeah, know, well, that with, stuff, with... that stuff, I'm not worried about because that's why I wanted uh, a head coach who also called plays because then you don't have to worry about losing your coordinator. You got one side of the ball covered. Well, it, but on defense, is long if we have the talent that we have on this team, like let's say <clears throat> at the end of the year, um, Vic Fangio gets hired. By the Packers to replace Mike McCarthy, Mike, Mike McCarthy, as head coach, and he, he fires Mike Patton. All right, and Mike Patton says, "Well, screw this. We're gonna we're gonna play the uh, the I ninety four, you know, you know, swap arama game with coaches. Then I'll head down to Chicago and I'll I'll be the defensive coordinator of the Bears. Do you think that this team would be worse with Mike Patton as defensive coordinator?" Personally, at this point, I think that Vic Fangio has plays a, a, a relatively small role in how good this defense. It's, it's hard to say, man, and I, I don't. It, it's like the NFL can just change so quickly year to year. I mean, you just look at the the Rams. Even though they're uh, ten and one or whatever they are, their defense was killer last year. They suck this year, and I think they probably still have the same defensive coordinator. I think it's Wade Phillips. Is it? Is he over there? I don't know. Either way, I mean, it just I, – I, I, I'm not a good judge on that. I'm not the right person to ask. But they, they certainly do have a lot of talent that should be able to transcend the defensive coordinator, I, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, obviously I do think defensive coordinators matter, but I think talent matters more. I think that Vic Fangio is a, is a pretty um, – conservative defensive coordinator when it comes down to it so that's why i you know in my opinion i think you're only getting more aggressive if you go away from vic i mean obviously you're going to still play 
a similar scheme because that's what your personnel is. Um, but you could be more aggressive with it, and I think you'd be even more successful. That, but I'm an aggressive kind of person, which is why I really love Matt Nagy as the head coach because he's been, you know, by far the most aggressive head coach of the Chicago Bears in my lifetime. So, but uh, yeah, Detroit was uh, that was a good game, a good way to cap off that that little three game stretch. I'm, I'm so glad we beat them twice, man. Yeah. And I and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I'll just bring it up again because I just think it's funny, and I like to, I like to revel in despair of other people. <laughs> and you know, I mentioned the Lions; they were just talking, like the Lions fans at least, that like actually write and report and and record podcasts where you know calling the Bears just trash, Trubisky's garbage, the running game is phenomenal. No, it's not. And then we went out there and stomped them out the first time. And then to come back out and beat them again is beautiful. And then after that, I was looking at, I just went on, you know, whatever website, just looking at the, the comment section, just, uh, you know, chuckling or whatever. And I see the guy that, I don't, even, I don't even want to say where I saw this stuff, but I'll just tell you that the guy that wrote the article, once again, was like, the Bears are garbage. We're just even more garbage. And I was like, man, you really, like, this, like you cannot even tip your hat. Like, you can't, like, I know you're garbage. You are garbage. But give the Bears some, they're 8-3. and three. Like, my God. This is not a garbage team. Garbage teams don't go 8-3. and three. Anyway, tangent over. <laughs> All right, so again, we'll, we'll put a little bow on, on Detroit and move on to we'll the Meadowlands. We'll see you in 2019. And, um, and the New York Giants. So, um a little, you know, quick injury report news and all that stuff. We'll get that out of the way. So it does look like um, on the on the Giants side that Evan Engram, the tight end, did not practice today. He did not play last week against the Eagles. So that's something to keep an eye on. I, I don't have any special insider information there on the Giants. I don't know if he's going to play or not. But it's something to keep an eye on if he does not play. That basically means that the entire Giants offense is Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley. So That's you, still pretty scary. To me. I, it, it is scary, but, <laughs> but then you have Eli Manning throwing him the ball, and you quite possibly have the worst two tackles in the NFL with Khalil Mack on one side and Akeem Hicks on the other. I'm sorry, but I'll take my chances. Well, Akeem Hicks, don't they usually line up on the same side? Not, uh, not since the injury. For Mac, he's been on the uh, on the side of the left tackle because Leonard Floyd is better on the weak no, side. Now that you say that, I'm just like replaying those 300 pounders uh, Khalil Mack's been plowing through, and they have been coming from the left. So you are right. You are right. I retract my statement. <clears throat> so that's that's all I really got for for the Giants. And on the Bears side, um, Mitch Trubisky was limited in practice today. Uh, I thought he didn't practice at all, did he? No, he, he, he was limited. My understanding is, is that he, he probably didn't throw. Um, he did some handoffs. He did, you know, some other stuff. Some, but Some clipboards. Yeah, so that was pretty much the extent of him. But that is a positive step. He's he's back at practice, at least. I think the, the quote was, the arrow is pointing up from Nagy. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's correct. There was, um, you know, Ian Rappaport recently was on um, NFL Total Access, kind of said the same thing, um, that that he did 
practice today and is coming along. I don't personally expect him to play, so we are going to do this episode once again, assuming that Chase Daniel is going to be your starting quarterback. Um, he must be loving this. This is this is he's waited ten years for this. Started yeah. two games previously. He's going to get two in a row, and, and a whole week to prepare for it. A week and a half, Te- technically. Yeah. Um, Akeem Hicks did not practice today. Uh, he was listed as having an Achilles. Huh. Um, <laughs> I would bet dollars to donuts here that Akeem Hicks is just being given a Veterans Day off and maybe um, had a little bit of soreness in, in that general area of his body, so they put it down just so that they can be compliant with the league. Um Otherwise, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that. Well, sure. I, hope, I hope so, because the Achilles is very a small, you know. You he, know he was, he's a big boy. He was. He needs, uh, <laughs> he needs support. He was um, interviewed yesterday. He did a media scrum yesterday. So I heard, oh, yeah, he, he sounded he's, he's very jovial. He was very jovial. Um, in Miami, taking bats and salt. Yes. Uh, and generally, the team does not let injured players talk to the media. Um, so that says a lot to me. Um, but yeah, I I expect Akeem Hicks to not only be, uh, healthy and play in the game, but I expect him to completely dominate in the game, which is what Akeem Hicks does. He's been on a tear recently. Which is good. Good. Um, Sherrick McManus, it was, did not participate with a hamstring injury. Um, it didn't see anything happen in the game. So I'm gonna guess that that you know him being a integral part of uh, the special teams and the dime package, the dime blitz package that Vic Fangio has been deploying. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that he's probably okay, but if he doesn't go, um, I would look for uh, DeAndre Houston Carson and Deion Bush to take over that that dime spot and the the spot on special teams for him. Um, in some good injury news, uh, we did see Aaron Lynch and Adam Shaheen come out of concussion protocol. They were both full participants in practice today and not on the injury report at all. So are they cleared? They're out of the protocol? Yes. They're good to go. They're good Green to light. go. And that's, nice. that's, that's good news for Jordan Howard because Adam Shaheen uh, did a really nice job of, of run blocking against the Vikings and... In the second and third quarter, specifically, Jordan Howard was consistently breaking off, you know, four, five, six, seven-yard runs over and over and over again. It was very consistent. So um, I think that's good news for for the Bears' running game and obviously their their red zone attack. Uh, getting Aaron Lynch back is, is big for playing Saquon Barkley. I think he's a very good run defender. I think he's a better run defender than he is a pass rusher. So, yeah, I, I think this is this is all good news. The Bears have have, have been incredibly healthy this season. Um, they've also been fortunate with when they've had these injuries. You look at Mac yep. and Robinson being out for uh, the Jets and the Bills, and you look at Trubisky being out for the Lions and the Giants. I mean, you want you want to talk about teams that you can pick, you know, back to back games. If you looked at it at the beginning of the season. These would probably be the games that you said, and, and hey, this is okay. 
this is okay if we missed a couple of guys back to back in these games. Yeah, and that's that's I think that's part of the why this dare I say team feels just a little bit magical in a sense. You know, you have to have a little bit of good fortune, and they certainly have had that in regards to the time. They, they've been super healthy, first of all, and just in general. But when they have had injuries to key guys, they have come at, like, literally the best time possible. So they, they can afford to be, and I feel like we all kind of think that McMack and Robinson, they probably gave an extra week for sure than they needed to because they had saw schedule. There could be a little bit of that. You know, potentially in play with Trubisky when the original reports from Schefter, I believe, were that, you know, whole, this is a one-game injury. So if he does end up missing the second one, I I would think that is another precautionary measure. Absolutely. I, I think this team is, they know that they're, they're a good team. I think, the, you know, when you're talking about the brain trust here, Ryan, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, um, Look, there, there's some jockeying for position in the playoffs that starts happening around this time when you're a team that, that knows that you should be going there at this point in the season. Um, right or wrong, I, I don't know if um, you should really be playing those sorts of games, but, um, you know, it's the NFL. Every game is hard to win. But at the same time, you know, I, I look at this and I say, if Mitch isn't 100%, if there's any discomfort with him throwing the ball, if he's still waking up in the morning and is a little stiff or, or whatever, um, you, you sit him. Because, look, that, that Rams game, that Vikings game, that Packers game are more important than this Giants game, in my opinion. And I think you could still beat this Giants team with Chase Daniel. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can get into how easily it'll be in a second. But, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so as far as the Giants, um, I don't have any of my history lessons, you know. But so I, I forgot. But I, well, Jake Cutler did I was get sacked say, nine yeah, times in one Everyone knows that one, so <laughs> you know that happened. So yeah, once upon a time we went there, and then Jake Cutler got sacked nine times. So yeah, that happened. I think we it's probably lost. I would imagine. Yep. I think it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. It was bad. <sighs> Anyway, so that happened. I, let's dive into to, to present day, 2018. The Giants are three and eight. The Bears are eight and three. The tale of two teams, two first-year head coaches, going in opposite directions. Um, the or ugh, not the Lions. The Giants. Six of their eight losses have come by a score, or within one score. So pretty close games. But if you dig deeper, underneath that, most of them were kind of like what how a lot of the Bears games play out is they give they were garbage time scores late that made it that way so they were really losing by a lot more and the scores don't look as bad as the Giants have been though they do seem to be playing better football the last three weeks just from what I've seen I don't watch a lot of Giants football but they seem to be trending upward a little bit yeah that, that seems to be the consensus um again as I mentioned you know if 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 Evan Engram cannot play that's a huge deal for the Bears because then you're really, you know, concerning yourself with with two guys, with OBJ and Saquon Barkley, and you have a what is he, 38 year old uh, Eli Manning, who's under center, who's basically a statue. Uh, you have 
uh, Nate Solder and uh, I can't remember the right tackle's name, but they're both awful. I mean, they are bad. Um, yeah, the right tackle's complete trash. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the left tackle is okay. He's serviceable, you know. But yeah, I, I mean, look, they're if if they're already down their number one tight end and they have to bring in their number two tight end then to to be staying in block to help with Khalil Mack. Um, and on passing downs, if you need to start using Saquon Barkley to chip Mack instead of going out, you know, directly into a route, um, and the, with the way that Roquan Smith has been in coverage on running backs this year, I, I got to tell you, there's there's nothing about this team that, that scares me at all. Their pass rush is crap. Um, they're not particularly great against the run. They're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. We're not particularly great at running either. No, but... we're, we're not. And, and that's that's a thing, and that's fine. That's why I don't expect this. If you're still waiting for the Jordan Howard breakout game... It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't think it ever will happen. Although, if everybody wants me to put on my Alex Jones uh, tinfoil hat on first for a little bit after we talk about the Giants game here, I will tell you a uh, interesting conspiracy theory that I have, but... Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. But, yeah, I think Jordan Howard's next breakout game will be on whatever his team is uh, next year. Team, yeah. yeah, so, uh, unfortunately, it's, like, very – I don't know. I don't really care, actually. I mean, I would have cared. I would. It would it, this would have deeply affected me in the middle of last year if he told me that Jordan Howard, you know, as we know it in 2018, is gone. Um, but we're winning football games. And, actually, I think I've seen him. He doesn't care either because we're winning football games. So, it's all good. It's all gravy. Um now you say you're not scared about anything. I am scared about a couple things, and the biggest thing I'm scared about is Saquon Barkley. Cause that dude is ridiculous. And the one thing that there's a couple knocks I have on the Bears defense, and one of them is is lapses over periods of time being able to tackle people. Um, and if you you better bring your your tackling pants. You know, on Sunday for Saquon Barkley, because um, he's he's a beast. I mean, he he's a 60-yard run waiting to happen. I mean, I was just every time I see him on a red zone or something, whatever, whatever I'm watching, like, he's just so good. He's so he's just his quadriceps are like just ridiculous, and he's just a powerful man, and he's got the, the speed and power. And he also catches a lot of balls out of the backfield, which is something that gives me a little concern because I feel like the Bears struggle with that a little bit. Though they're not like designed quick game passes like the Patriots ran against the Bears a lot. They're more like, well, no one else is open, and here's Shaquan Barkley over here in the flat. So See, that's where it doesn't concern me, though, because Roquan Smith has been really good in those situations. It's when you have the, the quicker hitter plays to the running backs that I think we've had you know, the designed, you know, Texas routes and things like that where, you know, they kind of um, head to the flat and then cut inside on a slant. You've seen uh, Tariq Cohen score on that on that route earlier this season. Uh, I think it was against Tampa Bay. <clears throat> so th- those are the kind of routes that I think that the, the Bears struggle with a little bit against running backs. But if you're talking about, a running back flaring out into the flat <clears throat> as a uh, as an outlet. I, I'm not I'm not concerned about that honestly. And the Bears are the number one rushing defense in the NFL. They are, but Legarrette Blunt, you know, he 
Got 88 yards, yeah, two rushing. Off of three, uh, I understand. Three days rest. I you understand, got some big boys up front. I'm just saying you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring the focus and the tackling. You gotta, you gotta really rally to the ball. You gotta just wrap him up, man, because that's one thing that really scares me. If you don't, like, I could easily, don't get me wrong, I could easily see this, the, the following line on Saquon Barkley being like 18 carries, 38 yards, where they just completely shut him down. Because they can be that good, and they've shown it. I mean, they, the rushing numbers against the Vikings were ridiculous when they played. The Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray did absolutely nothing. Um, so Saquon Barkley is a little bit better, um, but I could still see a similar <clears throat> performance. So, I mean, that's just what you got to do. I mean, that's, that's the one way you get in trouble in this game, in my opinion, is if you don't uh, contain him and, and slow him down and you let he has a couple big plays or he's just continuously getting chunk plays, then you're in trouble. Because I think there's a cap on what the Bears' offense can do. Not No knock on Chase Daniel. I just don't think they're going to be scoring 38 points. All right. <clears throat> so that's a good segue into the matchup of the game then. So That is my matchup of the game. Is, is Saquon versus is, Roquan? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, we can we can go with that. Because that's what I think that's... it is. I think it comes down to Roquan Smith being a, a quote unquote spy of Saquon Barkley, like you would spy a quarterback, like a Michael Vick or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think what what Vic Fangio needs to do in this game is is say wherever Saquon goes, Roquan goes, and that has to be the thing all game long. Um, and then you you just come after Eli. If you come after Eli and you can stop Saquon. Yeah, I mean I can't see the the Giants scoring more than 13 points in this game. So to flip to the the passing game for the <clears throat> Giants, here's the here's the big like lick your chops, you know, statistic of the week is they've given up the most sacks in the NFL and they have Eli Manning back there who is not going to be able to escape anything. No, and at this point in his career, he basically just dives on the ground before you even get there. So, I mean, he's in full-on survival mode. We could return the favor this week and give them the nine sacks. (laughs) Like, that could happen. I could see a a scenario where that happens. But So, that's huge, that they're bad and we're good when it comes to Pass pro and pass rush. Yeah, this is a this is a very, very good matchup for the Bears, um, in so many ways. Which is why Trubisky not playing doesn't really bother me all that much. I think it's fine, um, but the, the 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 team can't just throw their jock on the field and win. They're they're going to lose if that's what they do. But if they come out and play the way that the Bears have played basically the entire season. I, I think this is a this is a, a strong win. And I don't mean it's a blowout. I don't mean it's an easy win, but I think it's it's a strong win. It's a convincing win. And you know, the Bears come out of this nine and three. That would be delightful. What about the Bears offense? Bears offense? I, I mean, again, it, you know, is as bad as the Giants offensive line is and giving up sacks, that's how bad their pass rush is. They just don't get to the quarterback. Um, that was a little bit of an issue for Chase Daniel. 
it's obvious that he doesn't quite have the feel in the pocket that Trubisky does. Now, obviously, what, two starts in 10 years or three starts in 10 years or whatever it was, um, that's going to do that for you. That's not a lot of actual game time. So Mm -hmm. that's something that could be a little bit improved this week with more preparation time. You know, he'll take all the snaps at practice, all that kind of stuff. Uh, They'll work on, you know, a game plan for Chase. Whereas last week we saw the game plan for Mitch that was altered to fit Chase. I think you're going to see a different game plan this week. So I'm not really concerned about that. Um, Again, I, I do think that Adam Shaheen helps the running game. They have one of the worst bottom five running defenses in the NFL. I do think that the running game looks better this week than it has most of the season, if not the whole season. That would be nice to take a lot of pressure off Chase. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it just kind of plays out on the offensive side of the ball similar as it did against the Lions. You know, it, it, it moves when it has to. It never looks crappy. You know, it just kind of is. It exists. It's like a, it's kind of like an average kind of offense. You know, Chase Daniel will not lose you this game. He probably won't be winning any shootouts anytime soon, but he's going to do what you need him to do. Okay. If Chase Daniel can get you 21 points, are you comfortable, confident the Bears win? Yeah, Just Chase that, Daniel. I'm not talking about any other scores or anything like that. Like Just Chase Daniel no, get you 21 no. points. Yeah, I mean, I'd feel decent about that. Do you think that the 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 Giants can score twenty two or more points against the Bears defense? Yeah, I do. I do think there's a there's a a pathway to that. I mean, it it because they have two monster playmakers that could take it to the house at any given play. So, yeah, they could do it. I, I mean, yeah, they could do it. <laughs> they were way less confident in this than I am. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't see it. I don't. I, there's too many matchups in the favor of the Bears. Um, honestly, I think at this point, I don't even think you could say that Eli Manning is much of an upgrade, if an upgrade at all, over Chase Daniel. Um, he's just not. He's just not good anymore. If he ever was good <laughs> to begin well, with, but two-time Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, well, when the chips the, were down, he he Michael won some Strahan games. was a two-time Giants MVP or uh, Super Bowl champion. So he's, he's stole the hardware from from Michael Strahan. Is that yeah, you're I think uh, he stole it from a lot of people on that defense. And uh, but that's a whole different. Uh, well, he's the only man that that vanquished Tom Brady. You know, twice, and I think we can all be a little thankful for that. Not, not, not a Patriots hater, but it's just, it's just kind of boring it's to annoying. see them win yeah, all the time. It's like the Yankees. So, you need to see it. So, score prediction. What do you got then? Man, you know, I was, you know, when I was driving over here to record, I was thinking about it, and I, I was like, on the ledge. I was, I almost wanted to pick the Giants to win this game. Believe it or not, but. At the end of the because I'm I'm kind of scared about the Saquon Barkley matchup. I, I I'm scared of the tackling abilities because there's that's been a problem at times. But when you look at the trenches 
when the Bears pass rush against their pass protection and then you flip it around and they have 14 sacks all freaking year in 11 games, that's horrible. Like, if that can just continues and it, there's no reason it shouldn't, you should win. So I will, even though I told you I could see them scoring 21, they could do it. Um, I think they won't, and the Bears will win 24-18. to 18, 18 huh? There will be right. a late score. You know, the, point? What, yeah. they, what they do. I can see that. All right. And you'll be uh, in secrecy, I assume, by your prediction. Yes, I must. So, I, um, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here for a minute. Oh, yes. Please so, do. I have a conspiracy theory about Matt Nagy, Jordan Howard, and the running game. And this is a very loose conspiracy theory. By the way, before before you dive in, at the risk of sounding really dumb right now, who is Alex Jones? He's that guy from Infowars. There's like that gif on Twitter where he's got like the tinfoil hat and he turns around and goes. Okay. You couldn't see that face. It was a good face. I know of Infowars. I don't know Alex Jones, but continue. I I thought it was like an obvious person. He's a a conspiracy theorist, basically. Okay. Okay. so, if you listen to the Matt Nagy mic'd up from uh, a few weeks ago, yeah, it was it was more than a few. But when he, was, when he said, "I'm going to get you going," or yeah, whatever, yeah, okay. he brings him over in close, and he's like, "I'm going to, I promise you, I'm going to get you going." Mm-hmm. All right, and then Jordan Howard, a couple days ago, was interviewed, and you alluded to this, and that's what made me think about this because he said something to the effect of. Um, you know, coach has promised me, you know, he's going to get me going and stuff. And he said that within the course of this conversation about how he's okay with his role in the offense right now because the team's winning and, you know, he's doing a lot of little things. He, he's throwing some some key blocks. Um, he's been really good at pass protection. You saw him on um, – um, I can't remember if it was did, – did Chase Daniel run a uh, – run a keeper and and Jordan Howard threw a block for him or something. I, I, I don't remember. But there was there were some things that's been going on with, with Howard, you know, outside of just running the football. Um and I I've been looking at this and I go, man, something just doesn't seem to jive here. You know that Matt Nagy you know, he can say all he wants that, that some matchups are gonna determine whether or not you run the football I get all that, but the amount of carries for the running backs has been really, really low this year. And part of me looks at that and I and I say, when you were with Kansas City, you still ran the ball a ton. And I get that you had a more successful running back in the system in Kareem Hunt, but why is it that this running game isn't getting going. You can tweak your scheme and get this running game going. I'm I am pretty confident of that. It's obvious that Jordan Howard prefers an outside zone scheme. He succeeded in it for two years in the NFL with more or less the same offensive line. So what's what's different now? The scheme is different. 
That's obvious. So my conspiracy theory is this. Matt Nagy has been saving his switch of the running game scheme for the perfect time when he needs to unleash it. When everybody's going to expect him to come out and run these inside zone power ISO plays, pulling guards, all that fun stuff. And they're going to come out and they're going to run the outside zone and be totally unprepared for it. And Jordan Howard is just going to gash him. I would love it if that was true. And maybe it is, but here's the, the play. chess game that Matt Nagy has played this year. It would not surprise me if he's been playing this long game all season long We'd have to, just to mess with other teams at this point in the season. That would be amazing. That would be mad scientist, you know, evil genius stuff. But, like, here's why I don't think that's happening is because there's been games, you know, recently where we've needed to run the ball at the end of the game to win the game, and we have not done well. I mean, Tariq Cohen it took Tariq Cohen out. James Daniels, you know, catching carry five yards across the first down marker to get that first down. Um, and Jordan Howard has been in the games to salt these games away, has done absolutely nothing, got one yard, no yards, losses. Like, why would you, why not bust it out just right then and there, just for that drive, just to ice the game, if that was if that was the case? Because you tip your hand then. Yeah, but you might lose a game. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I told you this was a loose conspiracy theory. I think right? it's. I think it's very loose. Um, but I would. I would. It would be really cool. I agree with you, man. It's like, why is there a reason in your opinion just to go, go off on a little bit of a tangent here? Like, why would he not go to the outside zone just to get the running game going? I mean, he's a smart guy. He's got to know that that's you know probably preventing this running game from getting going why would he not do that my theory on it is it does it really have that much of a ripple effect throughout the rest of the offense if you start doing that instead of this does I, it affect the passing game at all yes i think it does actually because you can't really run that outside zone so much when you're running rpos so an RPO is going to be an up up the middle kind of run, at least between the tackles. Um, I suppose you could run off tackle with that. It's a long developing play where you're handing the ball, you know, to the running back. Let's just say, for instance, he's to your left and you're going to run to the right side. You're handing that ball off and he's going, you know, off tackle that way the outside zone blocking scheme where everybody's blocking in one direction is going to give away that that play right away. Hmm. Um, it work would work well to pull it and throw. That would be an advantage. But with the inside zone, you can run your running and pass blocking straight up and you know it works just just fine that way. I think that's part of it. The other part of it is Matt Nagy wants to attack defenses both vertically and horizontally on every play. So he wants to have, you know, routes that are going to, you know, underneath crossing routes. So in my opinion, those are more of your horizontal routes. They're moving you east and west. 
and then you're going to have vertical routes, you know, your, your just go routes and your deep posts and things like that that are going to be run simultaneously with them in the same route concept. I think on the running plays, it's the same thing. So that jet sweep motion, the end around motion, um, you know, kind of all that kind of stuff that happens behind the, the running back, that stuff is kind of worthless if you run outside zone. Because every, because the running game is flowing to the outside anyway, the outside zone is a more east-west until you get to the one cut and then you're north-south, which is the exact same thing as a jet sweep, right? I mean, you're basically running it as a sweep instead of off-tackle. There's not a whole lot of difference to that. So if you do that, you're basically running a double reverse as your running game. But if you run up the middle and then you have this out, now you're you're attacking them north-south and east-west at the same time. And that's what holds the linebackers and freezes them because they're watching this motion and the safeties are doing the same thing. And if the running back does get through there, He's usually got four or five yards before he gets hit because the linebackers have to pause. So that's the reason why I think that they're doing this. The other reason is 10 other guys now get to practice how to run this scheme that are going to be here next year. So when you do get a new running back, it's plug and play. So if you alter the scheme that you don't want to run, doesn't fit your offensive philosophy, now you've taken a step back on the running game for another year. You have to install a new running scheme when you should be in year two of an offensive scheme. You're now year one and a half. You see what I mean? So I I think, I think that that plays a role. Um, If I had to guess that's, that's as good of a guess as I I got. All right. Well, tinfoil hat removed. (sighs) I think that'll, I'll put this one in the books. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, I think we both got got the Bears winning here. Um, yeah, should be a good game. So, that's going to do it for Episode 7 of the Bears Link Podcast. And you can always find my writings at Windy City Gridiron. And, of course, subscribe to the Bears Link Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or the Google Play Store or wherever you find your podcasts, uh, you will find the Bears Link Podcast. So, for my brother Kevin, I am Andrew, and bear down, folks. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.